0: I don't know many service providers pursuing customers who predominantly make buying decisions based on price. In fact, every service provider I know explicitly says they prefer not to attract those customers. They want to be the Nordstrom of their industry, offer premium service, and collect premium dollars. And I get that. And yet their messaging to their employees is about providing value to the customers. Nordstrom doesn't talk about value. Walmart does. Walmart customers do make their decisions largely on value and price. Today, we're going to talk about that disconnect. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place. Feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Of course, there are companies employing a model where they can provide the lowest cost option to their customers while remaining profitable. I would definitely not tell anyone who's willingly and successfully doing that to stop. This is not about convincing somebody to change their business model. Today, I want to talk through the confusion that can result from a company openly, or at least to their staff, saying they don't want customers who make their buying decisions predominantly on price and... They don't want those customers because they want to charge a premium and they promote themselves as providing tons of value. Those are the folks I want to talk to today. That providing tons of value part, that works fine on the external messaging. I doubt many customers looking to get their carpets cleaned would respond well to an ad suggesting the customer is going to buy a, a carpet cleaning experience. That probably wouldn't make a lot of sense in that context. Providing solid value makes perfect sense in that messaging and marketing context. However, messaging to the employees that stresses providing premium value to the customers is not only confusing by definition, but it can also exacerbate a problem we're already up against. Just to make sure we are being clear, I think it will help to define a couple of terms. First of all, the term journey. You're gonna hear me use this word today and I, and I use it in other episodes. This is the time from beginning to end that a customer will be interacting with us while we go through the entire process of fixing their problem, whatever it is. From the time they pick up the phone to book the appointment, to the time we do the final walkthrough, collect final payment, they pick up their stuff, whatever the final step is in our process of solving their problem, that beginning to end is when I say journey, that's what I'm talking about. In a more detailed version, in a class, for example, and I'm doing much more detailed stuff than we do here. I would be talking about their journey from the time they see our ad to the time well after our business is concluded where we want them to do things like leave us a five-star Google review. But for today, I'm strictly talking about the time we answer their call to the moment we leave their house for the last time or they come pick up their car if we're an auto repair shop or we collect final payment, whatever that final thing is. That's when I say journey. That's what I'm talking about from beginning to end. When I say experience, I mean to go through or live through a series of emotions, feelings, and thoughts and reactions, positive or negative. This is not a definition I found in a dictionary. This is what I'm referring to when I talk about our customers' experience with our cu- with our company, what they go through or live through. Again, the series of emotions, feelings, thoughts, and reactions. Value. Now, this is an actual definition. There's a few of them here. So when I when I look up the word value in a dictionary, an online dictionary. Here's one of the definitions I got. An amount as of goods, services, or money to be a fair and suitable equivalent for something else. In other words, is the knowledge, expertise, labor, parts, as well as the materials, units, and components I received equal to the money I'm trading in exchange? This money is equal to that which I received in exchange. You know, that's kind of how we look at it. Like, I'm giving you this money, and that's equal to whatever I got in return. Another definition was... The quality, either positive or negative, that renders something desirable or valuable. So value is that quality. Another one still was the properties of a thing by which it is rendered useful or desirable. In other words, worth and importance. And there's yet another definition of value. An alternate definition of value is something like bargain priced. The opposite of a premium product is a value product. The opposite of a growth stock is a value stock. There's a thrift store with over 300 locations across the United States called Value Village. So if things are bargain priced, why would they be so? Well, they haven't sold. They're in excess. You know, you, 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 Costco bought 10,000 of these things, only 1,500 sold, they have 8,500 left. They're gonna have those in the value bin, for example. So they're deemed not to be desirable by a lack of interest. Another reason they could be value priced would be they have defects, like shirts with one sleeve longer than the other by an inch or something like that. And so they're appropriately discounted for those who have the lower standards or an interest in fixing the item themselves. Shirt's supposed to be 100 bucks, one sleeve's longer than the other one by an inch, I can fix that. I can buy the shirt for $12.99 and be happy. Another reason things would be uh, marked down or uh, bargain priced or value priced is they have, have, uh, we've gone past the time of their usefulness. Christmas cards, for example, are pretty cheap after January 1st. They're not as useful anymore, so they're value-priced or bargain-priced. So by this definition, providing a premium value, a quote-unquote premium value, is an oxymoron. If it's premium, it's superior. If it's value, it's not superior. But this term premium value is something I'm hearing more and more and more. And this is kind of where we get, begin to expose where the, where the problem could lie and where we may be fueling problems with our, our talk of providing value. When our technicians hear about providing value, they are operating under the pretense that the customer does or should place a high amount of worth and importance on their knowledge, skills, and abilities. So they hear value and they're thinking worth, value, uh, importance, sorry, worth and importance. My knowledge, my skills, and my abilities have a superior worth. But oftentimes this is not in alignment with reality. For example, if you're not in the car repair business and you've not recently had a car a problem with your car, how much thought did you put into your car's transmission working today? Or the expertise it must take to fix that broken transmission if it breaks? If you're not in the computer business or you haven't recently had a problem with your computer, how much thought and appreciation did you spend today thinking about? your computer working properly, or how much appreciation do you have today for the expertise it must go into fixing a broken computer? How about your deck at home, if you have a deck outside your house, or your favorite cou- uh, couch or chair, or your water heater, or your piano, or all these things that we have around us that we don't think about ever throughout the day until they break. This is how our customers feel about our service that we provide. And we don't like it, our technicians really don't like it, but this is reality. If we are in the transmission repair business, it would be unreasonable to expect that our customers have a, a, a zeal for our, our expertise in fixing transmissions. What they have a zeal for is their life getting back to normal. If we're in the plumbing business, it doesn't make sense for our, our, us to, to carry on as if our customers have a, a great appreciation of our expertise in fixing things. They haven't thought about their water heater in seven years, probably. Same thing if we're an electrician or an HVAC tech or carpet cleaner or whatever it is we do. It's quite common for our technicians to overestimate the real appreciation or the amount which can be attained for the service we provide, for the skill that it takes to fix whatever we fix. Again, the average person driving on the road today, however many billions of cars are on the road, The percentage of them who are thinking about the expertise it takes to fix their transmission when it breaks is probably really close to zero. It might be somewhere between zero and what's a transmission. (laughs) It's really low. The same applies to us. It's not uncommon for highly skilled individuals to assume that people should place a higher amount of appreciation for their knowledge and skills than is realistic. Now, this is not a comfortable conversation for us to have with our team. In many cases, and... Excuse me. In many cases, we all always also think that our industry is different. Yeah, but Brian, you don't understand. In my industry, I have these super highly skilled, trained people who are vital to my company, and and they think that their skills are superior to other people, or or they have a um, a belief that you know people should really value their skills above others, and they and they get what you're saying about the transmission, but you don't understand. For my industry, it's different. They they really believe that. People should have this appreciation. And what I say is we all have that. We all have people in our organizations who think that people should appreciate their skills and expertise and knowledge more than is realistic. Now, does that mean I'm saying we should diminish those skills? Absolutely not. We need our people to be confident and show up ready to impress upon our customers that they are likely getting more than they anticipated. Customers will sometimes not buy if they smell a lack of confidence. And perhaps more important, we don't want to diminish our employees' skills and talents and make them think we don't think that much of the the knowledge and expertise they've acquired over the years. They really do have skills that are, are quite worthy. Simultaneously, it's not helpful to have technicians so full of their own worth or perceived worth they can't see that they're not even close to addressing the customer's real concerns by boasting about their own expertise or continuing to imply the customer's just missing the boat by not really appreciating what the technician does well enough. It's equally detrimental when the technician is way out of touch with how much the customer is able or willing to appreciate what the technician does. We can't make people appreciate the transmission repair person more than they do. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. There's a finite ceiling for how much anyone will appreciate another person's knowledge, skills, and abilities. Almost universally, they're comparing the skills of the other person and the value of those skills with their own. And our customers are not eager to believe that our technician's skills are worth a lot more than their own especially if this is one of those oh-so-desirable, quote-unquote, high-income households. It's not very likely that those high-income households are going to say, oh, yeah, this guy should be getting th- four times what I make. That's not going to feel good for the customer. They're not going to want to do that. And it might be wildly uh, inappropriate depending on the customer's profession. So none of us are in a hurry to acknowledge that someone else has knowledge and skills that are, quote-unquote, more worthy than our own. Sometimes we encounter this, uh, a skill and Uh, a price and worthiness gap, and we have no choice but to accept it. And I'm not suggesting that every time we bump into a neurosurgeon, we have to have some kind of like reckoning with ourselves. I think we can all accept that neurosurgeons have skills that are more worthy than the average shelf stocker at Safeway. That doesn't mean they're better people. It doesn't mean they deserve more or less happiness. But saving a life is probably generally accepted as worth more than rotating the stock of packaged groceries on a shelf at Safeway. It just means the stakes are higher for neurosurgery than they are for shelf stocking. It's life and death in one case, and it's not in the other. There's fewer, far fewer neurosurgeons walking around than shelf stockers. And most of us wouldn't think that with a little bit of training, we're quite able to step in the role of being a neurosurgeon. While we would think, I could probably handle some shelf stocking if I got a reasonable amount of training over a little bit of time. When you need a shelf stock, a neurosurgeon could pretty quickly fill in. It's not the other way around. It doesn't work the other way around. So when we're talking about assigning worthiness in part based on scarcity when we are talking about assigning worthiness, in part, we're talking about scarcity: how many or how many, how few of these people are there. The stakes or consequences, like, what does this uh, uh, bring more value? Does this thing bring more value to something if it goes well? Like my carpets look brand new again after they've been cleaned, which makes me feel like my property is worth more and more valuable than it was when they looked when they were dingy. People also think about what is the risk if something goes wrong, like you know, like a person's life ending in a neurosurgeon's case. Each individual's ability to appreciate based on their own life experiences what it takes to become proficient in that craft or trade is taken into consideration. We just have to accept that when buyers are assessing their relative value to a a service provider, part of that calculation, like it or not, is how many hours or what amount of activity does it take to produce the amount of money this is going to cost. The value I'm getting is in dollars. I'm giving you something in dollars. It takes me X amount of hours or whatever it is to generate that kind of money. Therefore, there is that subconscious calculation going on there. Part of the assessment is how scarce this skill set is. Plumbers, for example, spend more money to advertise than any other industry except attorneys. So you can't market yourself as a scarcity if you're in plumbing. It just doesn't work that way. And of course, the customer is weighing the stakes. If I get this done by a cheaper, lesser skilled person, what's the risk? And sometimes when we talk value, that's what we're really talking about. They also think how often, based on their own experience, are these kinds of skills really worth what people charge them? Now, in their own life experience, sometimes people have charged too much and they go, that wasn't worth it. And sometimes they go, yeah, they charge a lot, but it was worth a lot. So when our customers hear our technicians speak in terms of value, they may be thinking things like discount, defective, undesirable, less than premium, those things we talked about earlier. I would rather not teach my technicians to speak in terms that are often equated with low quality and undesirable products that may have the opposite effect of what I would want. It may cause the customer to place less worth in what we're selling than more. So it depends on who your client is. As I said in the beginning, there's a ceiling on how much a person can appreciate the worthiness of another person's knowledge, skills, and abilities. However, there's a much higher ceiling on how much a person will appreciate how much you make their life easier and better. In general, there's limited room to move a person's appreciation of the technical or direct value. You can move it for sure, but it does have a limit. There's much more room to move a person's appreciation of the experiential or indirect value we are providing. Developing a stellar reputation for fixing broken thermostats correctly will not pay as well over the long haul as developing a stellar reputation for providing complete peace of mind to your customers. So we can talk value externally In our marketing, because we believe our customers will hear something like fair price, like a a fair exchange, a reasonable exchange of money for, for goods or whatever. But internally, we'd better be talking experience if we're wanting to charge a premium. If our technicians are not aware that the quote unquote premium in our premium pricing is directly correlated to the experience we are providing, we are in trouble. You can have a crummy experience at the DMV and still get your driver's license you still get the technical problem resolved. My license was expired. I walked out with it. It was a terrible experience. I still got my driver's license. You cannot have a great experience at the DMV without getting your driver's license renewed. The great experience implies the technical problem was resolved. So because our technicians often believe people appreciate their technical ability more than they really do, people almost universally appreciate the positive impact of their lives on their lives our technical ability brings, Not the actual ability itself. If our employees don't understand that basic premise, we need to work on that immediately. It's not the skills that they appreciate, it's the benefit to their life that they appreciate. Here's what the customer thinks I'm cold. I don't want to be cold anymore. Your expertise solves my being cold problem. Awesome. But if it wasn't you, it would be another person who would solve my being cold problem. It doesn't make you special. It means this exchange of money for a solution is fair and there's value. What we want the customers to think is, these guys really respected me and my property. These people really get me. They made this all about me. I have some complete peace of mind. I trust these guys completely, and I know they took care of me. The things we want come as a result of the customer thinking we put them first. When we are focused on our technical abilities. When our technician is standing in front of them talking about, I had this certification and I had this many years in, in, in experience and I have this amount of extensive, extensive training, we are focusing on us. Well, unfortunately for us, the customer doesn't care about us. The customer cares about them. Next thing is there's a ceiling for how much our customers are likely to start their journey with us appreciating our knowledge, skills, and abilities. Yes, it can move 100%. You can absolutely get on site and demonstrate that wow there's this person knows more than i would have expected but there's a limit and there's also almost always a gap between how much the customer appreciates our knowledge skills and ability versus how much our technicians or revenue producing employees think they should we don't think about our phones and our internet until they stop working same with our transmission same with our piano same with our water heater if it's broken we care if it's not broken We just don't. I'm sorry. This is just how we're wired. When we're talking about providing a great experience, the the quality of the workman and the craftsmanship is implied. We talk value. Those things are not implied. When it comes to wedding dresses, you know who has to talk about quality? Kohl's, Marshall's, the local wedding dress warehouse. You know who doesn't talk about quality? The super high-end wedding dress shop. They talk customer experience. The quality is implied. They talk about understanding what really makes what really matters to the bride. They talk about making it all about her and giving her peace of mind and making sure she doesn't feel foolish about not understanding any part of this process. We are going to, don't worry, we got you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to put you first. We're going to handle all your needs. You don't have to worry about a thing. They do not talk about the thread. They do not talk about the fabric. The quality is implied. If we want to be able to charge a premium, the money in the premium ex- is in the premium experience, not the premium technical skills. If we're screaming about how we have the best plumbers in town and we have the best solar people in town and we have the best carpet cleaning people in town, what do you think our competition is saying? Are, you think they're saying, oh yeah, those guys are right. They're way better than us. <laughs> no. They're saying the exact same thing. No, we're better. No, we're better. And what is the customer here? You're all the same. So for most of us, the customer's appreciation for our skills. We'll go to zero within a day or so, at the most, after we've left the house. They expect the HVC system, system to work. They expect the air conditioner to work when you're done. They don't even think about the air conditioner until it's broken. You can't make them appreciate that more than they do. What they will remember, though, is how we made them feel. They will remember the experience. That they will appreciate and remember for years. You can change their expect, expectation of the experience. So the, from, if you leave their house from fixing their air conditioning unit at noon, by four o'clock, they don't care anymore. They're just happy their, their house is cool again. If you do a great job and provide a great experience and you leave at noon, they will remember that seven years later. There's a massive difference in that. Uh, if you know, if you don't believe me, like take a look at the reviews in any industry. Of course, start with yours, but look at any industries. I would say that less than 10% are about the technical skill. Are you gonna get the ones where it says something like, I had four companies come out, nobody could figure out till this guy did? Absolutely. Those things are gonna exist. Is that the majority of them? Absolutely not. Well over 90% are about how they made how we made them feel special. They were out here quickly. They did a A great job of making us feel comfortable and and peace of mind and all these things that we want. If I'm selling a football with Tom Brady's autograph, I'm emphasizing the signature, not the quality of the football. So more on that in a minute. First, if you're reluctant to have conversations with your team about topics like this one, because you're not confident you know the best strategies and tactics to get the results you want, pick up a copy of my book, Service Industry Success, just like the podcast, Service Industry Success, This book takes a deep dive into leadership ideas, strategies, and tactics that have worked for me for many years. It's primarily for business owners who are afraid to hold their employees accountable out of fear they will leave and who want to develop strategies and tactics to hold their team accountable without feeling like a jerk. It's for business owners who want to teach their leadership team how to be effective managers and leaders but don't have a step-by-step process available to them to do so. It's for managers and leaders who want to develop the knowledge and skills to get their employees to do the right thing because they want to rather than motivating your team with threats or pleading. To get your copy on Amazon, just go to sisthebook.com. That's S-I-S, as in Service Industry Success, thebook.com, S-I-S, thebook.com to get your copy today. All right, so first thing you have to understand is our technicians often believe people appreciate their technical ability more than they really do. People almost universally appreciate the positive impact on their lives that our technical ability brings, not the actual ability itself. If our employees don't understand this basic premise, we really need to begin working on that immediately because if our, empo- if our employees can't get to recognize that it's all about the customer and the customer really appreciates the benefit on their life, not us and our skill, because if we didn't fix it, the next guy would, we're going to struggle with all these other things. When we talk about customer service and, and all these other things, we have these ongoing, unproductive conversations like, why don't they get it? This is part of the reason they don't get it. Here's what the customer thinks. I'm cold. I don't want to be cold anymore. Your expertise solves that problem. Awesome. But if it wasn't you, it would be somebody else. It doesn't make you special. It means this exchange of money for a solution is fair. There's value. What we want them to think is these guys really respected me and my property. These guys really get me. They made this all about me. I have complete peace of mind. I trust these guys completely and I know they took care of me. The things we want come as a result of the customer thinking we put them first. When we are focused on our technical abilities, our certification, our years of experience, our extensive training, we are focusing on us. I'm sorry the customer doesn't care about us. They care about them. If, uh, there is a ceiling for how much our customers are likely to start their journey with us appreciating our knowledge and skills and abilities. Yes, it can move, but there's a limit. There's also almost always a gap between how much the customer appreciates our knowledge, skills, and abilities and how much our technicians or revenue-producing employees think they should. There's no question. We're talking about providing a great experience The quality, of workmanship, and craftsmanship is implied. When we talk value, those things are not implied. That's why I'm reluctant to talk value in the context I'm hearing it sometimes. When we talk value, those things, the quality and stuff is not implied. Again, if, you, if, you're, if you're buying wedding dresses, you know who has to talk quality. Coles and Marshall's and the local wedding dress warehouse. The people who don't talk quality is the super high-end dress shops. Those things are implied. Those people talk about making the bride, making it all about the bride and giving her peace of mind and making sure she doesn't feel foolish and making sure that she knows that they really understand what matters to her today because it's her day. If we want to be able to charge a premium, the money is in the experience, not the technical skills. The technical skills are given. Yes, you have to have them. I'm not saying don't train technical skills. You have to have them. But that just gets you par. That doesn't get you to premium. So for most of us, the customer's appreciation for our skills has gone to zero within a day or so at the most. Sometimes a couple hours if we leave their house. What they remember is how we made them feel. They remember the experience. Take a look at the reviews of your industry. See what what I'm talking about. Uh, Again, if I'm selling the football Tom Brady's autograph, I'm emphasizing the signature, not the quality of the football. All right, don't forget to go to sisthebook.com today. Get your copy of Service Industry Success. Um, Also, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that button. Subscribe takes like a half a second. Punch that button. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in a service industry. I really appreciate that. And if you haven't yet, please give us a rating review. If you could spare a couple minutes, that's how we grow this thing. Uh, Listenership is going off the charts lately. Thank you guys very much for sharing. I sure appreciate that. And that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week.